The Comforter has come. Hallelujah. The Comforter has come. The Comforter has come. The Holy Ghost is here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Comforter has come. Hallelujah. 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 Isaiah speaks about speaking comfortably to my people. Hallelujah. God wants you to be comfortable in here this morning. Hallelujah. That's, that's not laid back. Full of the comfort of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Well, I've got a message this morning. I believe it's for you and for me. <laughs> and it starts out in John's Gospel. Hallelujah. And it starts out chapter 3 in John's Gospel. And it starts out verse 3, chapter 3 of John's Gospel. We used to have a saying amongst us, it's a must, didn't we? Used to be a little track went around amongst us. It said, It's a must. And it is a must. It says, Verily I say unto you, the except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And uh, that is the foundation of everything that we are born again, of God. That means that we come to know him, but most of all, that he comes to know us. Hallelujah, because a lot of people know God, but an awful lot of people that God doesn't know. And you know, the only way God can know you is to look in your heart. You see, God doesn't look upon the outward appearance, as we as we so often read, but he looks upon the heart, the deep inside of you, your heart and your spirit and your soul. He looks at your heart first. Hallelujah. And is your heart open to him? Is your heart a dwelling place for him? God wants to be dwelling in you. And for, you, for him to dwell in you, you've got to ask him to come in and, and dwell in you. And that's the first important thing that you can do, is to be born again into the kingdom of God. That you might ask God to come into your heart. Well, I did that in 1952. <laughs> Long while ago. But it was, it, it went on, it, it was not until 1958 that God filled me with his Holy Spirit. 
And that was six years. I didn't know who he was in reality. I knew about him. I was taught. I went to a, a very good church. I was taught about everything that I needed to know, but I still didn't know him in reality. And you can be in that position. And uh, the basic reason why I didn't know him in reality was that I, I hadn't been taught to know him in reality, you know. It was us poor dust in the church where I came. We were, we were not achieving anything in God, really. We didn't recognize the Holy Spirit as the important factor of life with God. And uh, I suppose I was getting hungry for more of God. And I, was, I talked about this briefly the other day. Um, and I was seeking God, and I didn't know I was seeking God, really. I was hungry. That's what it mean, meant. I was hungry for something more. And I remember, all you that know, Landon Railway Station and the bridge over it, God gave me a word. The word that I, I hung my life on was verse 16 of this chapter 3. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That is the sum total of my knowledge, really, when, at that time. And I was walking over this railway bridge and I was speaking to God, as you do. And then he said, read on. Well, I read on and it said, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Hallelujah. And that became a foundation scripture in my life. It changed me. I thought, God doesn't condemn me. He didn't come to condemn me. He came to give me life. And that more abundantly. Uh, if you, as, I, as you read on in other verses. And uh, I, was, I was contemplating that this week and I, uh, God led me to John 20, verse 22. No. It's not, the, it's not the verse that I was wanting, but it, it's after Jesus uh, was resurrected and he met with his disciples, he spoke over them. Yeah, it's that verse. And he said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. And he said, I'll read the whole verse. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Well, you see, I'd received the Holy Ghost because when I became born again, I believe and I, I acknowledge the fact that I received the Holy Ghost into my life. 
And I believe everybody who is born again receives the Holy Ghost into their life. And it keeps you and it guards you. But it guides you into more of Jesus. And uh, I read verse 22 of, the, of uh, John and then I turn over into Acts 1. Verses 5 through 8. Starting 4. And being assembled together with them, this is Jesus, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which said he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized you with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, and not many days hence. And when they therefore were come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he said unto them, It's not for you to know the times or the pleasures which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, all Judea, and Samaria unto the utmost parts of the earth. So we read, Jesus breathed on them the Holy Ghost. But here we see Jesus, just a few days later, saying, but you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. So what's the difference between receiving the Holy Ghost and receiving the power of the Holy Ghost? And I believe that was what I was looking for at that time when I was walking across that railway bridge. I don't know the exact date, but it was probably uh, a year before I, I found the reality of what I'm just reading you in First of Acts. And we see the fulfillment of Jesus' promise to them. He told them to go and tarry in Jerusalem. Now, we know, all know that they tarried upstairs in a room together. Um, and then, suddenly, the Holy Ghost descended upon them. And something happened. This is when Peter turned from Peter the fisherman to Peter the, the uh, apostle of Jesus. The power of the Holy Ghost descended upon him. Hallelujah. And I think this is the important factor in my life that, that changed me. In 1958, I was in the forces. From 56 to 58, I served two years in Her Majesty's Royal Air Force. I didn't do it by choice. I was collared and taken in their care for two years. And they didn't care much for me, I know that. But God cared for me. And it was towards the end of that time, in 1958, when I went to an all-night prayer meeting and started being hungry for God. Somebody prayed for me, and I started being really hungry for God. And somebody prayed for me in that all-night prayer meeting and I received the Holy Spirit with tongues. 
and fire and with power. And it changed my life completely. Hallelujah. And it was a process. Why did it take six years for me to get from being born again to becoming filled with the Holy Spirit and, and strength and power, talking with tongues uh, and all the other things that you do when the power of God mm. through the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Why did I have to wait that time? You see, I had to tarry in Jerusalem. <laughs> we, we look upon Jerusalem today as, as a city but at that time, Jerusalem was the place where God dwelt. Hallelujah. He didn't dwell anywhere else. He dwelt in Jerusalem. And so I, had, I stayed in the, the same church for those six years. And then suddenly the Holy Ghost came upon me and he changed my life. I no longer had anything in common with the people in the church. I couldn't talk about my experience because they didn't believe in the Holy Spirit in the way that I'd come to believe in the Holy Spirit. Um, it's a bit lonely when you get filled with the Holy Spirit. You've got to find other fellowship with other people who are, are filled and, and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Um, and it was that, at that time that God led me to various people that he'd filled with the Holy Spirit. And we, became, we came together. And the amazing thing is, having been filled with the Holy Spirit, I was even more hungry for God. And that, that's the wonderful thing about the Holy Spirit. He shows you how much more there is in God available to you. We read... Uh, in Acts 2, verse 4. <clears throat> and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Hallelujah. The wonderful thing is, the Holy Spirit gives you utterance. Hallelujah. He gives you a, 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 a wonderful Blessing. You can talk to God without using words. Because that's what the, what, what the uh, tongues is. It's a heavenly language. It's the language of heaven. And we could talk. Sometimes you can hear what people are saying when they're speaking in tongues because God gives you an interpretation of that. Um, and... Uh, I know that when I first heard people speaking in tongues a couple of years before I went uh, was baptised in the Holy Ghost, it frightened the life out of me. I went to this church and there was all these tongue-talking people in there. I thought, it scared me. It scared me. Because I didn't know the dimension of the Holy Spirit. And it is scary. Because when you start speaking in tongues... You're not speaking something by your intellect any longer. You're speaking as the Spirit gives you utterance. Hallelujah. You see, you just... So you say, how do you speak in tongues? Well, you open your mouth. And you say, 
You see, it's not me making up words. It's me opening the stream. You see, when you have a tap, you turn the tap on, the water comes out, doesn't it? You open your mouth and God fills it. It talks about that enough in here. God will fill you with streams of living water. Hallelujah. It's wonderful to be able to talk to come, to God in tongues. It says that we speak an unknown language. We intercede with an unknown language. The things that God wants. Not the things we want. It's what God's, what's in God's heart. It's a wonderful thing. That's why I think when we're in a meeting, uh, we're singing in tongues. Hallelujah. We're singing to God. We're singing what he wants us to sing. Hallelujah. You see, our words are limited and have limitations. But in the spirit, when we speak with tongues, there is no limitation. Hallelujah. You see, in English, some words in English have no, no opposite representation in another language and it's the other way around some of the things you know if you read Greek or Hebrew some of the words Greek or Hebrew don't have an, a relevant word in English but when we start speaking with tongues we're not limited by a language we're only limited by what we allow God to speak in our lives see uh, some people think that to have tongues is to have another level of spiritual experience to somebody else who doesn't have tongues. It's not, we don't, when we get tongues, it doesn't make, make us any bigger as far as God is concerned. It's not a trophy that we can collect as we go through Christian life. It's not there to make other people sad or feel that they're, they're lesser people because they can't speak in tongues. God's not like that. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God doesn't look on us any difference if we, if we can't. But you see, the whole point of speaking in tongues is for our benefit to have, a, have a, some other means of talking to God. Hallelujah. Which is above the natural. Hallelujah. I hope I'm making you hungry. Hallelujah, there's something out there that's potentially life-changing, life-threatening. Hallelujah. Just think, being able to talk to God in his own language. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, not necessarily knowing what you're saying. It's what's in your heart that, that drives it. Because it's a language of the heart. Hallelujah, it's not a language of the mind. Because I would try and control it. If it was the language of the mind, you would try and control it, wouldn't you? You would say, well, I'll, I'll control it. But no, you can't control it. Hallelujah. I've been so filled with the Spirit on occasions that I couldn't control it. <laughs> I've rolled on the floor, filled, filled with the Holy Spirit, out totally out of my own control. But in the control of God. Hallelujah. Just, just think about what happened on the day of Pentecost. 
All these people came out of this room upstairs, babbling in different languages. They'd never spoken before. They just, God had empowered them. Hallelujah. To go out onto the streets. And what a kerfuffle. They thought they were drunk. Peter had to explain, these men are not drunk as you suppose, but they're full of the Holy Ghost. That's what the scripture says. Hallelujah. They're just full of the Holy Ghost. It's, it's like being drunk. When you get full of wine or spirits, you just, well, you do all sorts of strange things. <laughs> Most people, when they get drunk, start singing. Have you noticed drunks sing? <laughs> well, when you get drunk in the spirit, you start to sing. Hallelujah. And it's a heavenly, heavenly thing. Singing in a heavenly language is wonderful. Hallelujah. You don't have to look at the screen to work out what to sing next. The Holy Ghost gives you utterance. It says it in here. It gives you utterance. Wonderful utterance of, of things that you don't know about. Hallelujah. You see, from that flow can come all sorts of things. Hallelujah. You know, God gives you, gives you a, it's, when it comes, starts to flow out of God, it, it comes in a mixture. You'll have a few tongues and then you'll have a word. That's what happened to me. On the very first time that I opened my mouth and God filled it, I started to prophesy and then I was talking in tongues and prophesying. It was a bit of a, it was a, a bit mixed up. Some people thought I was all mixed up. <laughs> but God would straighten me out. Hallelujah. Yeah, he straightens you out. Hallelujah. He, put, he puts you into the realm of the... You see, there's, there is a realm of the glory. Hey, do, you, do, you like, do you like to go to the realm of the glory? Do you want to be in the glory? Do you want to stay there in his presence and not be conscious of anything else? There's a realm of the glory. It's called the realm of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. It's so precious. So powerful. You come out of that realm and you're a different person. Hallelujah. That's, you see why Peter was different. Peter was the one that was denying Christ. Peter was the one that kept saying to his mate, Let's, I go fishing. And I said, we go with you. <laughs> he, was one, he was one of those sort of boys. You know, we're going down the pub. Are you coming? <laughs> His, was, his release was fishing. Hallelujah. Have we got any fishermen in there? Yeah, we have over the back there. <laughs> He's always going fishing. <laughs> I'm always telling him about it. <laughs> you see, Peter was like, like that, impetuous Peter. Are you impetuous? Do you do things out of impetuosity? But God, God got hold of him and he wasn't impetuous any longer. Look at the patience he had with the Sanhedrin and all the other things that happened to him after this. See, because once you get filled with the Holy Ghost, there's a challenge to, your, to that, your experience in the Holy Ghost. There's a challenge, a real challenge, because somehow or other the world doesn't comprehend it, and the, and the enemy of your soul doesn't like it, because he sees you are a threat to his kingdom. Hallelujah. Because you've got something more than yourself 
You've got something in you which is powerful. can change the world. Hallelujah. Peter changed the world. Peter the fisherman changed the world. Hallelujah. He traveled for God. He went wherever he went. Something happened because of the power of the Holy Ghost in his life. Do you want to do that in life? Do you want to, well, something to happen wherever you go? It's possible. It's available. But you have to tarry in Jerusalem till you be endured with the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, I can pray for you. I can anoint you through the power of the anointing which God has put on my life. See, that's the other potential of once you're filled with the Spirit, you could lay hands on people. This is what you read about Paul and, and Peter. They went around laying hands on people and they received something from God. Hallelujah. Because they had received from God, they were able to transfer that wonderful power to other people. Now, I can't make it happen for you. You've got to be tarrying. You've got to be open. You've got to be hungry. You've got to be desiring God. It's not an instant thing. It's not something that comes by automation. It comes through the tarrying, through waiting on God and being hungry for God. When you get to the point where you're desperate for more of God, then God sees your desperation. He says, it's time. Hallelujah. I don't know. I have no, uh, no idea what happened between the time when Peter was standing on the shore with Jesus uh, and Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. He said it three times, didn't he? And Peter was getting quite upset with Jesus because he was telling him to do things and he thought he was already capable of doing them. And that was a few weeks before he was in the upper room and God anointed him with the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't, doesn't record what happened in those few weeks to Peter. But I'm sure he was tarrying. He was thinking about what Jesus said to him. And I pray that you'll think about what I'm saying to you to, today. Hallelujah. Because if you don't have the anointing of the Holy Ghost working in you, you can have. There's something powerful. It will imp the power of the Holy Ghost will impact people around you. It will. Because he will control the situations that you find yourself in. He, I think he contrives the situations in your life. He contrives the situations in your life. Hallelujah. I had loads more to say. I'll run through quickly now because I don't want to go on too long. If you read Acts... They, Acts 4 and 8, Acts 4 and 31. Don't read them right now. I'll just tell you, pray see what. <laughs> Peter was filled again with the Holy Ghost in four, uh, verse 8 of 4. And then in verse 31 of chapter 4, they were all filled. Hallelujah. So it's not just a one-off experience. It's a continually, it's being continually filled with the Holy Ghost. It's a, you know, you, you need, we need, I need to be filled continuously. Hallelujah. Ha, what I'm saying is, you, once you've had it once, it's not the end. It's not, it, it, it's not you bought the t-shirt and you're going to wear it. It's a continual process. You continually, you, you become dependent upon the Holy Ghost. 
and him filling you again and again and again and again. I'm still being filled. I've been filled 50 odd years with the Holy Spirit. And I still haven't got it all. I haven't got a portion of it. What is available? Hallelujah. What is available? Through the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. It's, it's a matter of hunger. Then you read in Acts 19, verse 2. We'll go there. Paul, this whole of verse 18 and 19, you want to read. Uh, sorry, chapter 18 and 19 of Acts, you want to read it. I'll praise it quickly. Uh, there was a man who was very erudite in his presentation, pre presentation of the gospel. But he had not been filled with the Holy Ghost. Um, in fact, he wasn't born again, really which is hard to believe. And he was brought up short by uh, some people. It says, Apollos, born in Alexander, came to Ephesus. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue. Aquila and Priscilla heard him. They took him unto them and expounded unto them more the way of God more perfectly. You see, it's possible... to have accepted the gospel in various levels. Now, this man had only heard about the baptism of John, um, which is baptism of repentance, but it didn't include Jesus because it happened before Jesus was died. And so the, there was this preaching going on that you've got to repent. Now, you get some of that nowadays, uh, you've got to repent. But why are you repenting? You are repenting because you need Jesus. And when Jesus comes into your life, he baptizes you with the Holy Spirit. And if you read this chapter, that's what happened to, this, to these people. You see, you have to be born again right to start with. You have to be born into Christ, not just into genu general repentance like John preached, he pre preached, there is one to come whose, whose foot, shoes I'm not worthy to latch. He will bring the power of God to you. That's what he was telling the people when he was in the wilderness. And then Jesus came and he baptised him and the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus. And we, we, we know all that happened with Jesus. And I've read to you the other bit how he said, I will give you the Holy Ghost. So it's, it's worth reading this chapter 19. Acts 10, 44. Now Peter, we all know this story, Peter was locked in to the Jewish tradition. And he didn't realize that Jesus died for, for all, for everybody. So God had to take him through this experience 
of being sent for by the Samaritan uh, centurion uh, and going to preach to the Gentiles, which he did in this chapter. I'm not going to read it all, but the thing was that while Peter preached to these people, he wasn't expecting them to anything to happen to them because they weren't Jews. They were Gentiles. But while he preached, the Holy Spirit fell in that room and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and started to speak in tongues. So Peter had a shock to find that these people were filled with the Holy Ghost just like him, even though he didn't expect it. He just preached. He didn't, I don't know what he was expecting, but he, he, if you read the text, you'll find he was really shocked at what happened. And he, he, he finished up saying this, for they, hear, they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as us. Now you see, God doesn't, is not partial. God doesn't have special people. So don't think that you're not good enough to receive the Holy Ghost. Jesus' death on the cross put you in a position to receive the Holy Ghost in fullness. It's not about status, it's about your heart. Hallelujah. Is your heart open to receive from God? It's a treasure to go in our earthen vessel. We're still normal people, but we are empowered with something that is greater than us. When we become filled with the Holy Ghost, we are empowered by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Uh, I'm amazed at what God has done even in my short 50 years. I don't know whether I want to go into too much detail, but this young, young man was a very talented musician. He used to play the piano beautifully. He came into our meetings. He'd been sleeping rough in London. His brother was a pastor of a church. He knew God. But he had an, an addiction. And his addiction was stealing knickers off of washing lines. Strange. Strange addiction. Play beautifully. You could talk to him. But the Holy Ghost came upon him. And that's the thing. It blew my mind away because I hadn't long been filled with the Holy Ghost and I saw this man hit by the Holy Ghost. Now, he used to stay with some of the, our friends, didn't he? And us. <laughs> and he used to go and steal the neighbour's underwear off the, off the washing line while he was staying with, with us. Yet God filled him with the Holy Ghost. He had this wonderful gift of God. But he went off again 
after, even after that, he went off back to London, sleeping rough. I don't understand it, but it does illustrate my point. That if you're open to God, you open yourself up, God will come and draw near to you. I, I love One of my favourite verses in the Bible is, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. What a wonderful God we have. Hallelujah. We need to draw near to him. He's the source of all the power that we could ever seek in our lives. Hallelujah. We'll pray for you, if you want, this morning. Prepare your hearts. That's all God asks to receive from him. Hallelujah. It's a wonderful gift, the Holy Ghost. I give God honour and glory. I received the Holy Ghost from a man who wasn't quite walking quite right with God. It's amazing. But it didn't make me a clone of him. He was really weird. I, we found out afterwards in what, what he did and where he went. He went off the rails. But he prayed for me and I was filled with the Holy Ghost. I didn't become a clone. I didn't go off the rails like he did. I got the Holy Ghost. Don't matter where you go, where, where the Holy Ghost comes from. God will see your heart and he will fill you. Hallelujah. You don't have to come to me. You can go to somebody that Anywhere, if your heart is open, you can be filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Could change your life. Hallelujah. I wouldn't stand here this morning if, I didn't, if that didn't happen to me. Hallelujah. God has no barriers to each one of us. God wants to do, what does it say, more than we could ever ask or think. Hallelujah. Just seek him in the coming days. Come and ask us to pray for you. I don't want to put pressure on anybody. It's not about pressure. If you're feeling pressure, you're hardly under, hardly received, I believe. Pressure doesn't do it. And you can't pressurize God either. When you tarry, there's no pressure. God will do what he's good at doing, which is filling empty vessels. Hallelujah. And he will keep filling those empty vessels. Hallelujah. He will give you power that you never dreamed, which could be yours. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father, this morning. You hear what we say. You hear every cry of our heart, Lord. We pray for a hunger in each one of us, Lord, for more of you, more of your Holy Spirit. Give us the gift of tongues, Lord. Unlock those mouths and those 
tongues, Lord Jesus, that we might find ourselves speaking the heavenly language. Hallelujah. You say, how do I receive the heavenly language? Open your mouth in faith. and He will come. It's the Holy Spirit's job. It's the Holy Spirit's job. It's not my job. It's not anybody else's job. It's the Holy Spirit's job. Get alone on, before God. You know, I've had people we've prayed for and they've gone home and it's hit them in bed with their wife. And they, the wife couldn't shut them up. Went on for hours. Got pretty fed up with him. <laughs> Can't I get to sleep? I'm going, you know, it can happen. God can do it anywhere. Hallelujah. I, I heard that it happened on the railway station to one person. They, went, they were going to work on the commuter train. They got onto the railway station and there was a porter, uh, a Christian young man, porter on the station. Just, they just talked to him. You know, they were both Christians. They just greeted each other like they always did when they were going to work. They greeted him and suddenly the Holy Ghost hit on the railway station. I know another, another chap went to take his dog for a walk on the Jaywick beach. In the morning, came back tongue-talking in the evening. God can do it anywhere. It's a, it's a transaction that happens between you and God. Doesn't, doesn't uh, I don't know, doesn't require laying on hands. We just read about what happened with Peter. They heard the word of God and it came. It's just the anointing of God. The anointing of God's here. You can have it right now. Some people... When they, when they pray for people, ask people to just open their mouth and blah, 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 say hallelujah, hallelujah, and something might happen. Well, maybe sometimes we start saying hallelujah, 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 and suddenly we find we're not saying hallelujah because God takes control. Hallelujah. Don't be afraid. See, fear can be a, it says a torment. Can. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of him. This is the Holy Ghost. This is God's, the third person of the Trinity. He wants you. Hallelujah. He wants to do more. Hallelujah. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful experience to hear in your heart. To hear in your heart and speak with your mouth. Hallelujah. That's what God wants to do. Hear with your heart. It's not your head. Switch your head off because it won't come through your head. You'll, you'll, you'll doubt it. Doubt and fear comes from up here. But the courage and strength comes from within us. In where the Holy Spirit... See, the Holy Ghost abides down here. He don't, he's not up here. He's in here. Holy Ghost's in here. In here. He's in here, brother. He's in here. <laughs> he's in here. Hallelujah. He's in there, isn't he? He's deep down. Hallelujah. But you see, he's not afraid to come and manifest himself, you see. It's the manifest presence of God. Hallelujah. God wants to manifest something in you. Something new. Something dynamic. Something powerful. Hallelujah. You'll never be the same again. Hallelujah. There's no way back. Once you're born again, there's no way back. There's no exit signs. 
when you, <laughs> you can't go out. There's no way out. You have committed your life to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> if you don't honor the commitment, he will. Hallelujah. It's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Holy Spirit. Get hungry. Get hungry for him. Allow him to move in a special way. I'm not putting pressure on you. I'm just trying to encourage you. Hallelujah. I'm glad somebody encouraged me. Hallelujah. I'm glad somebody encouraged me. Really am. Hallelujah. Karen used to go to a meeting and I used to pray every week, didn't I, to get people filled with the Holy Spirit. And it took weeks and weeks, didn't it? Young people of 16 and 17. Hallelujah. It can happen. God's not limited. He's not limited by anything. Hallelujah. I hope it happens to you somewhere embarrassing. <laughs> I do. Because <laughs> you'll know it's God then. God, for goodness sake, do something and everyone that doesn't know you, your Holy Spirit, do something. Do something. Take control. Hallelujah. I think I've said enough. <laughs>